Well, okay, moving on from Israel, that's a sad, sad story. Some some bright things on the horizon, some good news for us here in Michigan and, and, and other parts of the country, too. UAW, now all three, Stellantis, Ford, and um, General Motors, all kind of shaking hands over a tentative agreement. We're going to wait now a few weeks, if not more, for ratification of this deal. But a whole lot of people will be going back to work, not making $500 a week. They can start getting full pay again. They can start spending on their kids for Christmas and doing those home repairs and shopping for normal groceries and maybe not eating ramen noodles, whatever it might be. But when, when, I, when we talk about the economics of this, even as a finance guy, I find myself in a fuzzy area. So we, as usual, call on Patrick Anderson, the principal and CEO of Anderson Economic Group. And Patrick, thanks for joining. Can you give us a an overall picture of perhaps whether or not we have dodged a bullet economically? Certainly, we might have hit a tipping point pretty soon had this continued. We didn't dodge a bullet. Uh, no, no, no two ways around that. This was a very expensive strike. Uh, the stakes were high. Uh, there were a highly motivated UAW leadership and a highly motivated UAW membership, too. Remember, the UAW membership strongly endorsed uh, a strike, uh, and they were clearly supportive of it. So there was a, it was an expensive strike. Uh, as you noted, we still are expecting a ratification vote, so it's not technically over until that occurs uh, three times. But mm-hmm. it was a very expensive strike. Our estimates were that it cost $9.3 billion through the first five weeks. A half billion of this is wages lost to UAW members. So it was no two ways around it expensive. Uh, and it is definitely something that's going to hurt Michigan and is hurting it right now. And, and principally, it's hurting Michigan more than other spots in the country, of course. How, where does that stop and start in terms of kind of the economic tabulation on the money lost? When you said half of it about was, was wages, how far does that trickle go down before you really can't measure it anymore to surrounding businesses and, and second and third tier suppliers so on and so forth? Our estimates are generally pretty conservative. We're not using... Uh, which you sometimes see a a big multiplier and we're not really even trying to get ripple effects. We're trying to get the direct effects within the industry. So the estimates we have that $9 billion through five weeks, that is wages lost to people who work at auto plants, wages lost to people who work at suppliers, lost earnings to people that own the supplier companies, many of whom which are small businesses, Mm -hmm. money that's lost by the automakers and the suppliers. Uh, those are all real losses. Uh, and yeah, it's if you try to turn it into GDP, it's definitely larger than that. But if you just look at the industry itself, people who were working in it, it's definitely a very costly strike. Yeah. And the ratification process, and I know this is not necessarily your, your area so much as, a, as the economic impact, but if that were to if that were to all wrap up in the next handful of weeks, uh, how soon can can that effect start to really get nullified? Are we are we bounced back essentially by the new year in terms of getting things back on track, or is there kind of a lingering effect that goes on for some period of months? Well, I'm afraid that this uh, has taken a lot of income out of a lot of households, especially in Michigan. As a, as a rule of thumb, I I expect about thirty percent of the cost of the strike to be in in our state and a substantial portion of it in northern Ohio and in Indiana and in Illinois right next to us. So uh, that money is gone, and it's, uh, it's, it's not helpful to think that we're just going to turn around and go on forward, which is 
what a lot you see a lot of Wall Street type of analysts thinking. It's like one quarter we lost some earnings and then nothing happened. No, a lot happened. Now I will say that that it is uh, a tentative agreement here with, as uh, President Sean Fain of the UAW had said, is lucrative to the workers. There are very large wage increases, substantial additional increases. And there's been some decisions made at the automakers that have long-term consequences, only some of which we've, uh, you know, been announced. But let me just point out, pausing the Marshall plant, maybe we don't build the Marshall plant, uh, pausing, canceling, postponing, or delaying the uh, electric silver auto at Orion. Uh, Stellantis has canceled a bunch of activities, and there's more out there that, that haven't been announced yet. So. There's definitely consequences to the strike and uh, also to some of the decisions that the automakers were forced to make, some of which perhaps they should have made earlier related to EVs, but which nonetheless the strike forced them to make. Yeah. One of the fears that I heard from callers in the last few weeks and certainly has been talked about amongst my group of friends is is with these new deals, if they if they were to strap the companies hard enough are we are we going to see a reflection of that that new embedded cost in the sticker price of these vehicles as we go to buy them is there any kind of measurement that you're able to put on that um how soon does something that like that really occur and on a percentage basis how much does that move the needle on a price of a car right now we already have cars that are have an average transaction price of well over forty thousand dollars it even briefly touched fifty thousand dollars down a bit and electric vehicles are even more than that. Mm-hmm. That's pricing out a lot of customers for what's our signature product uh, for for the state of Michigan. Uh, the auto industry still is our anchor industry. We export that product to the rest of the country and the rest of the world. And uh, when that product gets really expensive, some of our customers don't buy it. And, and that's a serious concern. It won't take long on that. You already see the, uh, the automakers and uh, notably Ford cutting the price of the F-150 Lightning by $10,000 mm-hmm. uh, and other other aspects that are going on that are recognizing customers saying sticker shock, customers starting to walk away from the product. And when you make it more expensive, uh, it, certainly that doesn't help. That's not to say that at a, a wage increase wasn't deserved and expected by a lot of workers. You had to expect that. Uh, right. And I said that right up front. We're definitely going to have to expect a wage increase because workers didn't cause the inflation. Uh, but it, it is a concern that we are, uh, this kind of contract and the cost of the strike is going to make it too expensive to build some cars in the United States. Patrick, in terms of the the financial fragility of these companies now, the big three, after this agreement, I mean, we go back basically six weeks, a lot of the initial resistance from them that we saw on television and the news was the the CEOs of the big three saying essentially the same thing. We can only give so much. We we have to be able to retain a certain margin of profit. You could drive us into bankruptcy. As these new deals get adopted, naturally some of it gets embedded into the price of the vehicle, but anything that they choose to absorb that starts to diminish their margin, does that put them in a very fragile position should we run into another recessionary cycle like a 2008 where they just can't it's not even a bend. It's just a break at that point. This is something that I warned about at the beginning. Uh, the goal here isn't to avoid a strike or to get a particular wage increase. The goal is to make sure that workers are paid fairly 
and that you can get through the next recession and that you can compete in the market. Uh, I have to remind folks that uh, GM, Ford, and Stellantis aren't the only people making cars, even in the United States. Sure. We have lots of competitors, Tesla, Toyota, Honda, Hyundai, making cars in the United States of America, Volkswagen, making cars in the United States of America, uh, and, and good vehicles, and uh, they're being sold and serviced here, and we've got people working on those here right in the state of Michigan. And customers have those choices, and they don't have to buy a, a vehicle that's produced in a UAW plant. And that's something that is definitely going to be, uh, given the, the size of the contract and the, and the cost sure. of the strike, it is something that's going to be taken into account in the coming years. Yeah, and that may close the gap, too, in some of the pricing discrepancy. The divergence between those two prices may close a little bit and, and put someone in a position where that little BMW or that Volkswagen or that Hyundai becomes even more attractive, right? Uh, I Definitely. You look out there, remember what Bill Ford said. Uh, he, he was saying about the strike and, and saying our competitors are, are enjoying this. I mean, he was pointing out that, that uh, the UAW and the automakers here should be partners and in terms of selling these products to Americans and to people in other countries. And whether they want to call themselves partners or not, they certainly don't want to call each other enemy, uh, which is, I think, one of the, the real damaging aspects of the strike was the rhetoric that referred to the automakers as the enemy. I don't think that's helpful. But, I mean, the auto, the auto companies have agreed now. The auto workers have a big wage increase, a lucrative contract. Clearly, the UAW has been successful, in fact, extraordinarily successful in getting what they wanted in this in their bargaining. Uh, and now we're going to need to make some decisions in the auto industry because uh, the cost of the strike and the cost of the contract will mean that some products won't be economically feasible. Yeah. So in the beginning of our conversation, um, Patrick, and we do really appreciate you coming on and all throughout this, your, your numbers have been super pertinent to the conversations we've been having. That might dodge a bullet comment, really. Maybe we didn't dodge a bullet, but we might have dodged a cannonball had this thing gone on through the holidays and through Christmas time. Yeah, maybe we dodged the cannonball, but uh, we definitely took some collateral damage here. I don't want anybody to think that, yeah, it's, you know, it was uh, rah, rah, we had a bad strike sure. and, and now we're all back to it. Nothing happened. No, things happen. Yeah. We so, already have products that are canceled or postponed. There are products that won't be built in the United States uh, because of the result of this. And also the changes in the market. I mean, this happened to occur also when you started to see unavoidable evidence that customers were drawing a line on some of the pricier products, such as some of the EVs. So you put that together and there's consequences. Absolutely. Patrick Anderson, thanks for joining. We're glad this thing has come to a close, but certainly, as you put, without a, uh, without a lot of collateral damage felt by, by all in the Michigan economy. We'll be back in just a little bit with uh, Miss Marie Osborne with a very interesting story about the Oxford shooting back in just a few minutes.